G'day, welcome to Just In Case Law. I'm Tanya Chapman and today I've got for you a short and sweet case on the presumption of death. I want to start this episode the same way the judgment started, with a quote from Justice Hallen from the case of Grove vs. Gow. Quote, People disappear, maybe as a result of a tragedy, maybe for other reasons, or sometimes for reasons unknown. It may be impossible at a particular time to say, with certainty, in relation to a particular person that she or he is, in fact, no longer alive. If a person has disappeared, leaving no trace behind, but leaving property, both real and personal, in New South Wales, and it is not known whether she or he has died, how is the law to deal with her or his assets? Deal with representation to be granted of her or his estate? And then the distribution of that estate. When and in what circumstances can the person who cannot be located be presumed dead? End quote. In this episode, we are looking at the case of a person who went missing, never to be seen again. We are looking at the presumption of death. What is it and when does it apply? Neil Walter Morrison was born in May 1948 in Stratfield, Sydney. In 1972, when he was just 24 years old, he went missing and has not been seen or heard from since. By the time of this judgment, 50 years had passed with his family having no word from him. His parents later died without ever knowing what happened to him. Neil had joined the Australian Defence Force in April 1971, but was discharged only a year later for being absent without leave. He was never married and was not in a relationship at the time of his disappearance. Neil had 11 siblings. One of them, Jill, was the person who applied to the court for letters of administration in 2021. She was seeking to at last be able to distribute her brother's estate on the presumption of death. He had left only a modest estate in New South Wales, but it had been left in limbo until someone was authorised to deal with it. The estate was worth about $53,000. These funds represented Neil's share of the estate of his late mother, who died in 2007, and were being held by the New South Wales Trustee and Guardian. Either two things happened here. Either Neil's mother died without a will, and the rules of intestacy dictated that her her estate be divided amongst all of her children. Neil, not being recorded as deceased in 2007, would be entitled to a share. Or, Neil's mother left a will which left a share to Neil. There is something sad and touching to think that Neil went missing in 1972, but his mother kept him in her will, as if she never lost hope that he would return. The judgment doesn't say either way, so I'll leave it up to your imagination. The relevant factor for this case is that Neil had inherited a sum of $53,000 from his late mother's estate and those funds were being held by the New South Wales Trustee and Guardian. Before Neil's disappearance, he was known to be a positive and happy person 
who had close relationships with his parents and siblings, and who was in regular contact with them. There was no reason for him to cut ties with his family, and, if he was alive, his sister believed that his family would have heard from him. In the 50 years since Neil was last seen by any person, no body has ever been found. There was no coronial inquest and there was no death certificate issued. There was no evidence that Neil had died, except for his sudden and unexplained disappearance from his own life. The New South Wales trustee and guardian had made searches for him, searching all available government records without success. All people with a similar name to Neil in the telephone directory were contacted, with no response. A notice was published in the Sydney Morning Herald, and again, no response. Jill also did an ancestry DNA test to see if he could be located through DNA matching, but no luck. There were searches through banks, insurers, mobile phone records, police records, Revenue New South Wales and ASIC records. At the direction of the judge, more searches were conducted through social media. Eight people called Neil Morrison were found on Facebook, but they were all too young to be this Neil. All the evidence of the searches made were put before Justice Helen, who stated that, quote, I am satisfied that all reasonable investigations have been undertaken by the plaintiff to determine whether Neil is still alive. In my view, to require her to undertake any further searches would be unnecessarily expensive and time-consuming, with no reasonable prospect of eliciting any further information. End quote. No further searches were required, but was there enough evidence to find a, a presumption of death? Justice Helen noted it is fundamental that for a court to authorise you to deal with a deceased person's estate, you must prove that the person is actually dead. This is usually done with a death certificate, but that requires direct evidence of death, which was missing in this case. Helen further noted the important difference between inferring death from the evidence as opposed to presumption of death. This is a bit tricky, but proof of death by inference relates to those circumstances where the court may infer that it is more probable than not that a person has died. For example, if there has been a plane crash and no survivors have been found. Justice Helen referred to it as a positive test. Because you can provide evidence to prove that the only reasonable inference is to conclude that a person has died. Using the plane crash example, you can put forward the evidence of expert witnesses on the likelihood of surviving the crash. In the case of the estate of Alan Bruce Beebe, 2020, the missing person was on a boat that capsized and his body was never recovered, despite extensive searches. In that case, the Supreme Court made the inference that the missing person had almost certainly died at sea. In contrast, Presumption of death, there is no evidence of death at all. The evidence is the absence of proof that a person is alive. And the rule is seven years. A a person may be presumed to be dead if no one has seen or heard from that person in seven years. 
Another thing to note is that where the presumption of death applies, it is not to say that the person died from the time they went missing, or the date that is seven years from the time they went missing. Instead, it applies from the date of the judgment. This judgment was in 2022, so the presumption of death would apply from that date, not from when Neil went missing in 1972, or from seven years after that. This applies where there is no evidence to suggest when a person may have died. The presumption of death has grown out of necessity. As Justice Cohen stated in the Estate of Howard, 1844, quote, Although there is a certain artificiality in raising presumptions when facts are not really known, the law relating to the presumption of death has grown out of the necessity to have a finding, which will give a practical solution where otherwise there would be only continuing uncertainty for an indefinite period, end quote. In this case, Justice Helen noted that there is no evidence that Neil is dead, nor is there any evidence from which you could infer that he died. All that leaves is the presumption of death, and much more than the requisite seven years have passed. In this case, 50 years had gone by with no sighting or word from Neil. Neil's disappearance was unexplained. There was no reason, financial or otherwise, for Neil to have wished to disappear and remain disappeared for so long. The people most likely to have heard from him had not, and all due investigations had been made without success. Based on all of that, Justice Helen was satisfied to declare that Neil was presumed to have died. A grant of administration of Neil's estate was made to his sister Jill. Worthy of note is that the presumption applied from the date of this judgment, which was the 19th of December 2022. This meant that the presumption didn't apply in 2007 when a share of Neil's mother's estate was set aside for him. He could only inherit from her estate if he survived her. A similar application might have been made in 2007 or before that, when the seven-year period expired in 1979, which may have resulted in the presumption applying sooner and Neil not receiving a share of his mother's estate, which would thereby have made this application and judgment unnecessary. Intestacy Further searches had been undertaken, this time to see if Neil had had a will. Jill had been granted authority of the court to deal with Neil's estate, but who was it to be distributed to? There was no evidence that he had ever done a will, and so his estate, the $53,000, was to be distributed according to the rules of intestacy. Very briefly, those rules leave everything to a spouse or de facto if you have one. Neil didn't. Next in line is to any children, but Neil didn't have any children. After that is to your parents, but Neil's parents have both died. And next in line is siblings. Neil had 11 siblings and for those that had already died, their share would go down to their own children. 
Jill's costs of the extensive searches and the legal proceedings would be paid from the estate first, and the rest of the estate, whatever was left over, would be distributed amongst the siblings or the siblings' children. Lessons This is a sad case, perhaps even made even sadder because it was not entirely necessary. This case was required because Neil inherited a share of his mother's estate. If she had done a will that left nothing to Neil, these proceedings would not have been needed. But then, perhaps there is some closure from having a court of law make a ruling of presumption of death. There may be no death certificate, but there is something formal to mark the end of a life. On a lighter note, I thought it might be fun to look at what laws apply in other countries. Perhaps lighter is not the word, but this info has been gathered from Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt and feel free to correct me. This judgment shows that in Australia, if someone is missing, they may be presumed to be dead after seven years have passed with no contact from them. But what happens in other countries? Well, according to Wikipedia, in China, there is a declaration of disappearance and also a declaration of death. In terms of the declaration of disappearance, where a person has disappeared for two years, an interested party may apply for a declaration of absence of the natural person. An interested party may apply for a declaration of death, where a person has been disappeared for four years or disappeared for two years from an accident. Where a person has disappeared from an accident and it is impossible for the person to survive that accident, an application for a declaration of death for that person is not subject to the two-year period. So, a declaration of death can be made if they have been disappeared for four years. If they have been disappeared for two years and there was an accident, or there is no deadline if they disappeared from an accident that would be impossible to survive from. Let's go over to Germany, where there are conditions for declaration of death according to the disappearance law, which I won't even try to say the name of. General disappearance, 10 years from the end of the year with the last sign of life, or 5 years for people over 80 years old. If there is a seafaring accident, such as a ship sinking, it is six months after sinking or any other event causing the disappearance, for example, going overboard. For a plane crash, it is three months after the plane crash or the plane disappearance. And other disappearance under life-threatening circumstances, it is one year from the end of that mortal danger. So in Germany, it really depends on the circumstances, what time period is going to apply. India is similar to us, where the presumption of death applies if a person has been missing for seven years. In Ireland, since the enactment of the Civil Law Presumption of Death Act 2019, a court can make a presumption of death order if it is satisfied that the circumstances suggest that the missing person's death is either virtually certain or highly probable. If such an order is made and not successfully appealed, 
it has the same status as a death certificate. Prior to that, there was the seven-year rule, but since the enactment of that act, if a person goes missing, there is no um, time requirement. In Italy, it takes 10 years to declare a missing person to be dead. And in Poland, a period of 10 years also applies. But there are some exceptions. No one can be declared dead prior to the end of the year in which they turn or would have turned 23 years of age. So it's only after the missing person would have turned 23 that they can be declared dead. The period is reduced from 10 years to 5 years if the person would have turned at least 70 years old at the time of the declaration. If it is overwhelmingly likely that the person would have been a victim of an air or sea disaster or any other exceptional circumstances, the period of time of the disappearance is reduced to six months. In Russia, a person may be declared dead only by a court decision and on the following grounds. They have been missing for five years. If the person disappeared under life-threatening circumstances, which made it likely that he or she died from an accident, then the person can be assumed dead after six months. And a person who disappeared during a military conflict, whether military or civil person, can be declared dead no earlier than two years after the conflict is over. In England and Wales, under the Presumption of Death Act 2013, a person may be declared to be presumed dead the day that is seven years after the date they were last seen. Here Wikipedia gives us some other information. The incidence of presumed death in England and Wales is considered low. In September 2011, it was estimated only 1% of the 200,000 missing persons each year remained unaccounted for after 12 months. And in the United States, The declaration of a missing person as legally dead falls under the jurisdiction of the individual states. It seems that the average in most states is the seven-year rule. The absence must have been continuous and inexplicable. Once again, no communication from the party with family members. And searches must be conducted. That was the case of the application of Jill May Morrison in the matter of Neil Walter Morrison, 2022, New South Wales Supreme Court 1758. I hope you found this topic interesting. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you'll join me for my next episode.